Everyone starts off as the good guy, but not everyone stays that way. But you must remember, ladies and gentlemen, that if the world turns its back on you, you must turn your back on the world and become what it fears most, a supervillain. Welcome back to the Rattle Trap, and we're going to see how evil Doom has truly become as we witness and discuss his now iconic 2004 album, Mad Villainy. Welcome everybody back to the record shop. I am as always your favorite and beloved host, even though it's not always me, but it's okay. William, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Andres. Why did you start with choosing between both of us? Why are you supposed to start with A? It's confusing. Exactly. And, and Anna. Your name only has like one more letter than mine. It's true. Okay. And I'm here with Anna too. Hi. And I'll give Andres the microphone introduce us to what we're doing ladies and gentlemen going back in time a little bit before to get before the album that we're talking about so in 1999 the era of rap has, has been booming for a while but it needs some change and from the suburbs of new york from, from not even the suburbs from 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 the slums of new york comes a new face a villain would you call him super absolutely the super villain okay. doom a man that came to destroy rap in 1999 and then from there, his legacy continued up until 2004 with what is widely considered to be his magnum opus, what we're talking about today, ladies and gentlemen. Think about Mad Villainy, MF Doom's, well, not last work, but his last massive work. You guys want to give your first takes first? First impressions? So, we previously, in a past life, recorded um, Food by MF Doom. And it, it's not very secret how I didn't, not that I didn't like the album, it's just I found it very hard to listen to at times because songs kind of blended into each other but so coming into mad villainy i'd heard that the album is like incredible but i was just like, I, I don't i didn't know what to expect but all the instrumentals were very interesting to listen to i don't like doom fucking destroyed each verse that he would have he spit and like, overall i came back from it just going like wow like low-key kind of wrong about mf doom like maybe he's not as one-dimensional in terms of like his sound as i thought he was mm-hmm. yeah that's what i got to say. what about you anna i liked it i don't know what i was expecting because i hadn't really listened to mf doom before because i wasn't really with you guys during that first season when you recorded that episode and stuff so i i i didn't listen to it i had no idea what to expect like i knew it was rap music and i knew it was old rap music so i had like a vibe i didn't know what to expect and i liked it a lot I like how it tells a story. I like how it's very atmospheric. It's good. It's good? It's good. Okay, well, let me ask the little rule. It's good. We'll explain why when we get into it. That's true. So before what about, we... What, about what was your first impressions of uh, MF Doom? So, as, as you have stated, we did cover Eat Food before, and that was the first album that I listened to for Doom. And I knew that Bad Villainy was what I considered to be his finest work. But I hadn't listened to it at the time just because I hadn't really gotten into Doom yet. You listen to uh, what well, you recorded in food? No, no, at that point I had. I'm okay. talking about when I first discovered Doom. Gotcha, little gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When I first listened to Doom, I hadn't listened to Mad Villainy yet, just because I hadn't even delved into Doom yet. And now, and now the, the one I did, and you know, 
now that I have experienced it as far as I have, I can agree with the masses that this most likely is his finest work yeah. to this point. So I do want to, I will explain a little more as we get into the episode because I have a lot to talk about. But before we do that, I do want to get a little bit into some lore before, before even Doom existed, before the supervillain had, had entered into the world. So back in the early 90s, it's not like, yeah, the early 90s, 1991. uh, Doom was in a rap group called KMD with him, known as Zevil of X, his brother Subrock, and the third member that I swear to God I never remember his name. I do apologize, but that's besides the point. What matters is Doom and his brother. Yeah. They were in a rap group called KMD, and they made a couple of albums. I think I do believe I have the albums on um, my notes, my extensive notes. But besides that, they made a couple you albums. Like a three-page essay for notes. Yes. I have about a paragraph and a half. Yeah. I didn't write anything. You didn't even go say anything, huh? Good. So anyways, so Doom to this point, he had made a couple albums with KMD. Yeah, they were fine. So the, the two albums that he made, the collaborative albums with KMD, were Mr. Hood in 1991 and Black Bastards in 2000. It was the two collaborative albums that he made under under KMD and their, uh, and their label. Now, unfortunately, uh, their label did drop them after a while, and then... Uh, Doom's brother, Subrock, passed away. Oh, I don't remember if they ever released why. I could not remember him, but that's not important. Yeah. So, Subrock did pass away, and afterwards, Doom fell into a deep depression. He became homeless. He was struggling. He was a struggler. And unfortunately, you know, it, it lasted quite a while. But eventually, he had literally his villain arc because he decided to take revenge on the rap industry for, for dropping him. Yeah. And then throwing him into the streets, literally. So he came back, he took, he took, he took, a, took a bit of a meditation break, you know? Yeah. He, he, he looked to the world, he wandered the mountains, and he came back as MF Doom. And eventually he began his rap career in 1999 with Operation Doomsday, and thus began his career. Does yeah. MF stand for something? No. Like MF fucking Doom. Yeah, it's just MF Doom, right? My face. No. My face Doom? Most fabulous. fabulous. I knew you were going to say idiot. <laughs> so, real quick, so Doom, so Doom has obviously his normal solo albums and his collaborative albums. So before Mad had came out, obviously the two that I mentioned when he was still came. Before that, he released Arbitrum Doomsday, taking Dear Leader as King Ghidorah because obviously he has like sixteen different names. That's okay, true. so in nineteen ninety nine, he released Arbitrum Doomsday as Doom, and then in two thousand three, he released uh, uh, Taking Dear Leader under the mark King Ghidorah, mm-hmm. which is a reference to yeah, King Ghidorah, which is the Godzilla character. Dragon. Then also in 2003, he released Vaudeville Villain as his next alias, uh, Victor Vaughn. We will get to that. Uh, no, I'm assuming you have. Whatever. And then he released another album in 2004 under the same as uh, Vaudeville Villain 2 Venomous Villain. But I don't remember if that one came out before or after Mad Villain. It was the same year, but I don't remember the dead. Okay. But either way, with all that information out of the way, I think we can begin with the album. Okay. How do you want the orders? For this episode, well, first of all, the album is 22 songs. Yes, it is. We very do long. not have time to do 22 songs. So we each picked three songs. I believe Andre picked four because it's his episode uh, to go over. He's also a nerd. So. <laughs> exactly. so we each picked three songs. I will be going over Bistro. Yeah. Bistro, Rainbows, Rainbows and Supervillain Theme. Oh. William? <sighs> Today, your favorite host will be going over Firo, Curls, and Accordion. What about you, Andres? And the leader of today's episode. 
But yes. he's gonna mm. ignore the Jeek entirely. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of insane. And I will be doing raid, fancy clown, all caps, and Operation Lifesaver, aka Mintas. You look like a fancy clown. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by fancy? I'm gonna so type you. I'm gonna type you a strong word letter no, no, in no, all no, caps. No, look, look, because he's styling a little. Anyways, okay. How are we doing? The, how are we doing this order? I mean, it's your episode. You choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can start with William. I don't want to hear what William has to say because he has he has the most the because he, he's apparently changed his ways. I've changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we did, we have we have the seasoned professional on the Correct. music. We have the the changed mind and we have the newbie. Yes. Yeah, we have a uh, MVP, uh, role player, and rookie of the year right here. Literally true. <laughs> Literally true. Real. Okay. All right. So for my first song, I'm gonna do it in a completely different order that I said it. I'm gonna do curls first. Because curls was the was the one song that caught my eye because I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, I have curly hair so I was like yo like, we yeah we do but like for, for me though I was like yo like he's talking about me, he's talking about me. <laughs> yeah but then I, I listened to the song and I was like twin MF Doom can you do <laughs> something for me <laughs> as I said like I was it was mostly like haha kind of funny like oh curls I have curly hair but I listened to the song and I was like damn. He kind of it's kind of fire, it's kind of fire, low key, and it's also and also it's like kind of emotional too because like he's talking about you know a little bit of religion and then also drug use and then the main one was um that, that caught my attention was um him stealing to like support himself and his mom like to like to not go hungry he's like oh I see five hundred dollars on the street like I picked that shit up you know like that that was like damn he, he kind of like me except. I mean, yeah, honestly, like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, kind, of, yeah, kind of like me. Like, if I saw $500 on the mom. street, well, bro, for my mom, anything. But for me? True, but for my mom, look, look, more. Yeah, <laughs> look, look, mom, I love you, but like, I gotta get my bag first. And then, and then I'll take care of you. Look, if I found 300, well, 500. if I found 500, I'm telling you. I found a lottery. I'm pulling up in a mask. I would take her business first. If I, if I, if I win the lottery, I'll be like, yo, how much is the debt and how much is the house? I'll give you 10K extra. And then the rest, and the rest, I'm, I'm going to Switzerland. <laughs> what I would do, so you can claim um, your lottery winnings anonymously. Yeah. Yes, and you can do it without telling anybody. Like anybody. Mm-hmm. You do that. Pay off the mortgage anonymously. Because all you need is the info. You can do it. That's true, yeah. Like, go and do, do everything anonymously. So they just think it's like a miracle of God. But it's me. I'm God. <laughs> you, write it, you write it down as God. <laughs> you can see that uh, God pays your mortgage. No, oh, but then, but then Man. they're gonna get like extra religious, and like my parents are already really religious. Okay, fair enough. So, so oh, I, anyways, anyway, going back, curls by Doom. So, you know, he's talking about like helping his mom, like you know, five hundred on the streets, and I thought it was, I thought it was like a nice sentiment. Um, mm-hmm. in like him just like, because Emma Doom is very like kind of like, he's kind of silly, Loki, mm-hmm. with some of the things he says. Like he says it in a really like serious way, so it's like. Right. Interesting. Yeah, like one of his lyrics is literally the Rios Chios. Yes, bro. Oh my god, that's that's, that's funny. This is literally it's it's become a bit of a meme in the Doom community. Even my like fellow Doom fans will say, "Oh, dude, this is a lyrical genius." Yeah, also, Rios, Rios, also Rios. Doom, the Rios Chios, the Rios. Bro, it's so I, good. I'm not gonna lie. Like I know Mr. Doom was a little a, he- a heavier man. Yeah, he's a really <laughs> heavy set man. Yeah, heavy set. Man. When he said that, I was like, "There's, there's, that's kind of like." I mean, to be fair, he was also a massive. True. So it could be a mix of being a, a potly fellow and then also just being a very hungry at the time. Hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> nah, nah, that's crazy. That's he does have that weed song. That's true, man. That's what I learned. 
but but yeah i think that's mostly what i gotta say about curls it's a really nice song like yeah. i like the instrumental but he like you know doom's flow is like always smooth and his voice his cadence doesn't really change so yeah. there's not much to say about that but i will, I will say though uh, on the instrumental i do agree that the instrument is very good obviously. as sentimental as the song is the instrumental doesn't lead that way the instrumental is a bit more bubbly you can tell the whole the whole way through yeah i agree and I feel like it's obviously this is the benefit of the song. Because Doom is an artist that without really looking into it, you won't know what he's talking about. You just kind of enjoy you just kind of enjoy the ride, you know what I'm saying? So Doom being able to have that that uh, that mystery surrounding not only him, but his, his music in general, when you even listen to it, I think it's incredible. Yeah. You're gonna hide the meaning with just an instrumental, such a such a, such a soft sounding instrumental with such deeper lyrics as committing crimes for his family or his mother. At the time. But the way he, the way he delivers it is just like, eh, you yeah. know, like just if it was normal. Yeah. Good. Like for him, like it was normal, like regular life. Pretty much, yeah. He was, he was, he was the villain. Yeah. He was, he was well, not necessarily the guy. It was just like, you know, you have to do it. Was, he was like the good guy, morally standing. But in yeah, reality, but he, he yeah, had he, to be the bad guy. Exactly. Yeah. He was made the bad guy. He was made the bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Any, any further comments? I like the song. I feel like you guys did it really well, but I like it. <laughs> but I like it. It's good. Yeah. I feel like me and Willie had the same opinions on a lot of the songs. Like if I were to switch any of the songs, it would be for like accordion or something. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's like, fair. Like those are just I like for me like I the issue I have with them Doom is the fact that like my ears like they try to find something interesting to listen to like in terms of like instruments or like voice. And when I don't hear that, it's just like uh, I don't really focus on the song that much. Like, even though like the songs are good. But it's just like I have a hard time paying attention. So, yeah. But according, like, we'll, we'll get to that. But, like, that's the song that was like, yo, like, this shit fire. Yeah, that's how I felt about Beach Boy. That's true. Even though Beach Boy isn't really a song, but we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to that. Another way. We'll get to it. Uh, okay. So, a quick side note, because I'm going to be kind of popping in with little fun facts as we go to the episodes. I have so many notes. It'd be hard to get through them all in one sitting. It'd be 30 minutes of me. Uh, fun fact the album cover. So, the, the artist of the album cover, Jeff Jank, as he's known. I'm sorry. Uh, is it a photo or like a drawing? It's a photo. It's a photo. Okay. So the the art read the album cover. So he took inspiration from. Uh, I don't know if you guys know King Crimson. You guys know King Crimson? No, no, no. Yeah, you do. Okay, cool. So you know the album, The Court of the Crimson King, where it's just the guy screaming. Mm-hmm. That art. Yeah. So he took inspiration from that art. How scared it made him feel when he was like five. There's literally a quote from him, and it's something along the line of yeah. paraphrasing. Like, when you see things that aren't supposed to be scary, but you're but little, so they're terrifying. Exactly. Like, his, it, the quote goes something along the lines of, like, oh, so I took a lot of inspiration from Court of the King, Crimson King, and the fear that made me feel when I was, like, five. Someone was making Mad Villain. I, when I was making the art for Mad Villain, I wanted to give that kind of fear to one of the five-year-old with the art, and thus that's how it is, how it's been created. There's also a theory that it's a Madonna album. There's a Madonna album that looks kind of similar. It's her face kind of in the shadow and then words on the side. So that, that's, that's kind of just an, an observation more than an actual uh, truth be told. Yeah. yeah. So, Anna, I believe it is your turn. So I want to go over Bistro, which isn't really a song, but no. when you listen to it, you know. Because the, the big, the album, hand the mic. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you had your hands down here, so no Sorry. So the album goes over the course of a story, which you hear in quite a few songs, like the illest villains and super super villain theme that I will go over and stuff. And Be Sure is one of those songs. There's not that many lyrics, and what lyrics are there are like backing tones that aren't actually singing. They're like talking with music over it. But I liked how musical this song 
sounded. I feel like a lot of the songs on this album are more lyric based and what music is there is less like musical and like instrumental based and more like noise, which is good. Like it's good noise, but it's, it's not like a song. So I really liked how the beginning, like this is one of the first few songs in the album. It's 22 songs in total. Beast is number four. The first three songs are that sort of noisiness uh, type of thing. And then Bistro hits you with that, that cafe music. Yeah. And I, and I liked it a lot. I sort of imagined like when this song hit me, I was studying. So I was kind of like half listening. Yeah. It was good anyway, but I was like half listening. And then this song came on and I was like, Oh fuck. (laughs) And then I actually listened to it and I, I sort of got this like feeling of like when, like, you know, in superhero movies, when they cut to like a scene where people are just doing things and then then, like superhero throws a car and you see it in the window and everyone's like, whoa, like this is the music that would be playing in that cafe. I feel like in the cafe, the car going through, it's in slow motion. Yeah. So you see like all the glass and people's faces around. And and you're like, and you're like watching and your coffee's like slowly going out of the cup. All of a sudden fucking Spider-Man pops out and just pulls the car back out of the window and just throws it at him. I feel like this this entire album gives big Batman vibes. Where like he's not super loved, but he's the hero. Where like the supervillain is like super loved, but he's the villain. Yeah. Rest in peace. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, really quickly, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, ba- Batman the animated That's series. Real. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very unfortunate passing. Yeah. The age of sixty-six. The ripe old age of sixty-six. But I but I think that's all I have for that song. I really like it. It's like really refreshing to hear. Because it goes from noisy to music and then noisy. For, for me, a bistro, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good song, um, very very vibey. You know, it's like like they said, it's like a, the exact scene that we described, being in like a cafe, you know, with a superhero car going through the window. It's it's crazy. It's a good song. I like it. And like again, like this is like what I want out of my music, just like interesting instrumentals, or at least like interesting sounds in general. And the song is very interesting in terms of uh, how it sounds. So. That's what I gotta say. Little bit of, little bit of lore oh, when it comes to Bistro. Is there lore for every song? No, but most of them. Okay. I mean, so, this album's a story. So it, it really, really is. Really is. True. So obviously, so this this song is 100% meant to build atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it's the fourth song, not immediate. It's meant, it's because it, it brings you in with like accordion and meat grinder, which are very under like underground, not in the sense of like they're underground, not in the sense that they're like unknown. Like, like they're 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 like dirty songs. You they're know like, what I'm like they're like uh, they're, they're like um known indie band Tame Impala, like very underground. You know, shut the fuck up, these guys. They're like I think there's everything someone says that word. They're like um like subway music. Yeah, kind of like okay. that. Yeah, okay, yeah, like dirty like, subway. Like, like dirty. Like dirty New York subway, exactly. And then it brings you to you know? sure. Yeah. And then it brings you to bistro, much much cleaner, much smoother take. We're introduced to the mad villain bistro, bed and breakfast, bar and grill, cafe lounge on the water, which is the greatest restaurant known to man, as is known. I, I kind of fuck with it. Absolutely. It's there to offer you the finest of the finer things, which is, it's just that kind of ironic in the sense of this album, because obviously uh, bringing the finest of the finer things is what Doom was going for when he was making this album. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't expect like stuff like Meat Grinder and Accordion, and even other songs like Fiero, they don't sound like the finer things. I'm not, that's what, that's, what, that's what I'm getting at. That's, that's not, it's, it's like the irony of it, that it doesn't sound like yeah. that, but when you look into it, it is. Yeah, like none of, like, the finer things don't have to be fancy. They don't exactly. have to be super nice. Like, the finer things are the things that you enjoy and what make life 
good for you. Precisely. That's, so if that's, that's if if that's waking up early and getting on the dirty ass subway to go to work in the morning. And that's, 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 that's a beautiful. And those are the finer things. Absolutely. Okay. So in this song, as looking in the lyrics, so Doom mentions almost every single one of his monitors at this point. So he mentions obviously Madlib, which is the producer of his entire album. The only song that he didn't that Madlib didn't produce by himself was Illus Villains because they co-produced it. And then Doom was like, you know what? I like your flow. So he let him do the whole album. I like your country. Exactly. And he let him do the, he let him do the rest of the album. He mentions King Ghidra. He mentions yesterday's new quintet, which isn't a Doom monitor. It's actually one of Madlib's aliases. Yeah. He he basically he literally made a five man jazz group, but it's not real. It's just him. <laughs> so yeah, it's so. like in it's like in the Hey Ya music video from Outcast, where he is every member of the band. But Correct. It's just him. Yes, that's exactly what this is. I kind of think of it. It's it's literally him in five in in a five man jazz group with just him. That is yesterday's new quintet. That's crazy. He mentions Victor Vaughn, which is another one of his aliases, which we'll get yeah. to later, and then Quasimodo, which is one of his one of his earliest aliases up until this point. And then he mentions obviously himself because he's the super villain. Because he does believe that they're all individual characters living in his universe. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yes. To like think of him of, of a universe and make exactly. his music. And also, like it's kind of like signs of like multiple personality disorders, but that's that's just that's not here nor there. No, because you can have ideas for different characters without them being you. It's just music where you're making the music, so you have to like act as all these characters. But that doesn't mean diagnosed a dead man with multiple personalities. Let me live. I'm tired. Anyways, the last reference. The last reference is Doctor Sex. (laughs) Damn, I am suing you for medical malpractice. Anyways, the last reference is Big Hookie and Baba from the laundromat. What the fuck was that movie? Big Hookie and Baba. So Big Hookie and Baba is are two comic book characters that Jet Chank made when he was because he's, he's a cartoon artist. Yeah. So those are two car- characters that he made for like a little NSFW comic strip that he used to sell exclusively in laundromats in the San Francisco area. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty specific. <laughs> it's very specific, and that's it. That, that's the story. <laughs> that's kind of it. It's the comic book character he decided to make, and Doom was like. Yeah, no. Uh, aside from all the lore, I love Bistro. It's a song that it changes the tone of the album entirely. Yeah. It changes it very, very quickly, and it's it makes it less of, of like a villain album. It makes it more of a story. Of exactly. That villain. Exactly. He's he's like this is a backstory. Album. Yeah. He's yeah, because like obviously his first introduction to the world is Operation Doomsday in nineteen ninety nine. But as it conti- he was just known as like a villain that came on the scene, and then Mad Villain came out, people really started to look into the man behind the mask, and that's what I feel like this album is really. Mad Villainy is the Megamind two to the Megamind one. Is that Megamind two? No, is it Megamind two? Yeah, Megamind two. I'm pretty sure. When the fuck did that come out? Or at least the second half of the first Megamind movie. Where oh, okay. The villain, the the superhero. He's like, what do I do now? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, yeah that that's just the second half of the first movie. It's the same. I'm pretty sure they're, they're actually making. You know what I mean. I did it. I'm talking to the audience. The audience knows what I mean. Oh, okay, no, maybe. They don't. They're like not tuned in at all. They don't know who Megamind is. True. It's just us. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. I believe that's it for, for Bistro, everyone. Yeah. Any, any other comments? Any other final notes? No, sir. Would you, would you guys like to dine at the Mad Villainy Bistro Bed and Breakfast Bar and Grill Cafe Lounge on the Water? Yeah. Uh, maybe I wouldn't stay in the night, but I'd dine. You'd dine there. You know, I, I can respect that. I can respect that. You wouldn't stay for the bed and breakfast? Depending on how good the, the breakfast is, you know? Okay, sure. Sure. If it's the finest of the finest, of the finest. Exactly. But, but I gotta make sure, you know? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. So, the 
next time we're going to talk about another one after my my cycle. We're going to begin. We're going to start, we're going to start with Raid. So Raid is immediately after Bistro. Yes. And it's very interesting. It's very interesting that it's immediately after Bistro because it doesn't, they, it shifts the tone immediately afterwards. And immediately, like again, because Bistro, as we were saying, it's, it sounds like, it's like a smooth jazz cafe. Yeah. And then Raid immediately slaps you with, slaps you with a fat beat. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard to explain how much I love the song. It's, it, it is a back, backstory album. I will agree with you, Anna. But the thing is, um, like adding on, adding on to what you're saying, it really does show the story of how he's trying to show the finest of the finer things, but he's still struggling. Yeah. Which is what Raid is really all about. Mm-hmm. Raid is him. It, it it feels like angry rapping, mm-hmm. especially with how the beat is and how the yeah. instrumental is, and it's much and the flow is much more gritty. Mm-hmm. So it's like an angry Exactly. Like you just argued with your mom, you leave your New York apartment and you're, you're, you have your hands in your pockets and you're stomping down the street. And it's you're like, raining. Oh, you got to get out of the house. Fuck. Did you say gritty? No, dude, please don't. No, you can't do that. Gritty with two T's, not two D's. Oh. Exactly. Anyways, so it, it's funny because whenever I like sing along to this song, I'll get to a point where. I physically can't keep up. I start salivating too much. Yeah, I'm spitting, <laughs> and, it, and it throws me off. And I'm like, "Damn, that's so impressive that he managed to do this." He's spitting, but you're not spitting. Exactly. Like he's spitting, I'm spitting, and yeah. it's and it's and it's it it, it befuddles me. Mm-hmm. It, it, no, but it, it really impresses me how how he's able to keep this flow. Yeah, and not not, not only never miss a beat, but keep up that flow, and you can't detect like a fault in his voice at any point. No. It's incredible. Any, any comments? What, William? I said, what? William? Excuse me? Any comments? Oh, sorry. I thought you said, and he comments. And I was like, ah. And I know you comment. So, Raid is, um, it's, it's a very interesting song. I like the instrumental. Like, like, like I said, very interesting with a little. Some string. Some string instrument. That's true. Yeah. It's very, yeah. And it's just like, just boom bap. But with that added to it, it's like, so, it's just so good. And then, like Andres said, like, he just doesn't let off the throttle when it comes to flowing. Except like. Absolutely. 10 seconds, five, five, 10 seconds in the song, where it's like, it's just a little bit of just instrumental. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's literally him going and not stopping until the end. And it's crazy. And I like it. I like it a lot. What about you, Anna? Um, I like it a lot. When I first listened to this album, I immediately was like, I'm doing Bistro and Raid. But I was like, I'm really early in the album right now. And there's 22 songs. Maybe I should keep listening. And then I did, and I chose two different ones. But I do like Raid a lot. I like how his songs go. Um, not necessarily a lot of lyrics because there aren't a lot of lyrics in this album, but it goes from a lot of words and noise to music, like very musical, like no lyrics, and then spitting shit ton of lyrics, super fast, high speed, like getting the energy and the adrenaline up, and then it moves to something like a little slower, a little more noisy, and has that sort of energy rotation throughout the album. Especially since it's so many songs, I feel like it's important to organize it in that way so that you don't get bored throughout the album. Yes. Because even if they're all good songs, if it's a really fucking long album and you don't arrange it right... You'll get tired eventually. Yeah. With this album, I feel like I don't really get tired. Which is good. And I feel like Raid helps set off that first rotation of all of it, which I like a lot. So, a bit bit more backstory, a bit more lore. Mm -hmm. Back to the library, if it is lore. <clears throat> so 
pre-Madeline, 2001, as the album was being created. So Doom was living in between New York and Atlanta, just kind of straggling. And Operation Doomsday had been released in 1999, but the record label that released it had closed. They shut down. So he had literally nobody anymore. He didn't have a record label. So he was literally straggling. And Madlib had abandoned hip-hop in favor of more of his jazz projects, which is where he actually knew came from. And the thing was that he was with Stone's Throw Records. But in an interview with the LA Times, it didn't appear online, but like we, we found it eventually. Mm-hmm. We as in the Doom community. Um, he, he mentioned that there were two artists that he really wanted to work with. And that was Jay Dilla and Doom. Because Doom was still known because of Operation Doomsday, but yeah. he was still so elusive that it was really hard to do that. Eventually, he did. So Egon, who was the manager of Stone Throw Records, he had a friend who knew Doom. So he sent him a, a, a package of Mad Lib's music. He sent it to Doom in hope that they would collab, and eventually they did. Yeah. They met up. They they collaborated. They collaborated in the sense of like they they like exchanged thoughts, and they and they begun the the Mad Villain moniker because Mad Villain. Madeline is, if you look at the songs, it's one artist. Yeah, it's cool. But it's just, it's just like the text of Sonic. It's just a duo of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, 2002. This is when the recording actually had begun on this album. We were born. Correct. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, yeah, because we were born in 2003. Well, it depends on when what month it was, because if it was like February, then right, we were not born. Right. I don't remember what month. I didn't put this, the month down because I didn't think it mattered. But, mm-hmm. anyways. This year. Same year. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So, Jeff Jank, Jeff Jank, Madlib, and Doom and a couple others were all working together on this album. And there's a, there's a quote where someone asked him his experience with Doom as they were working on this album. And he's quoted as saying, I often picked up Doom from a hotel each day. We hit the liquor store around 10 a.m. He'd ride on the back back porch and Madlib was doing a thing downstairs in the bomb shelter. Bomb shelter was like the other, the under, the, below the stairs. The most important part of the process was that Doom simply understood Madlib right off the bat. He understood where he was coming from with their music, how it connected with the records that they listened to from the 60s to the 90s. And Madlib's inclination to working on his own in privacy. Doom was all for it and completely understood it. The first two songs that were recorded were Figaro and Me Grinder. They were recorded during their first week together. So in the first week, they recorded one of the best songs in the album and one of the most interesting songs on the album. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And there's a lot of cool stuff about it. So the last thing I want to mention before we can go to the next one is that Raid was actually, it was not made in like his little headquarters in New York. It was made in Brazil. Because Doom went to Brazil just because he wanted to. Doom went to Brazil just to explore. No, I wanted to say vacation. More of this, uh, like an inspo trip? Yeah, a journey. Okay. So he went to Brazil and he made it in a hotel room on a portable turntable and a little tape deck. And he made the entire instrumental for Raid. Oh, he made the, he made the instrumental himself? Yes. Okay. It was, it was a good, yeah, just like the instrumental for Raid. And it was, it's insane. Yeah. The, the, the other instrumentals that he created while he was in Brazil were Strange Ways and Rhinestone Cowboy. I have a cool fact about Rhinestone Cowboy. We'll get to that later. Because I don't think we're talking about Rhinestone Cowboy, are we? No. Like, okay. well, I'll talk about it. Later. Oh, actually, no. Because we're not talking about it. So Rhinestone Cowboy was actually the last song on the album. And when I say last song, I mean literally. Because Doom, like the original album, didn't have Rhinestone Cowboy at all. But he sent it to Egon. And Egon was like, we need one more song. Like, we need one more. Yeah. And he had, like, it was like a week. He gave him like a week. And Doom was like, okay. And he just sifted through all of his instrumentals. Found one that stood out in a week. Made the whole thing. Here you go. That's crazy. And he's like, I just slapped it on the album. Here we go. Rhinestone Cowboy. It's, it's just so fu- it's just so weird seeing like prolific artists like that just be able to churn out music. Exactly. Like exactly. quality music. Exactly. Quality is the defining factor. Yeah. Because like, 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 anyone like, can churn out music. Oh yeah. I can turn out music right now, but like it's gonna be garbage. Yeah. But like, like iconic songs. Yeah. 
on a record full of iconic songs. Just being Absolutely. able to be like, okay, here's the album outro. And the thing is, Rise of not even an outro. It's a full song. And yeah. it's out. Rise of is like four minutes. It's like, yeah, it's one of the longer songs. It's, it's a bad thing. Oh, man. But okay, I think with all that information out of the way, I believe we can move on to the next track. Okay. William, I care to The next track that I chose was Accordion. So accordion, guess what, guys? Uses an accordion in the instrumental. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But it's also something that I just, like, you, like, never hear in, like, especially in, like, hip-hop music, the use of a fucking accordion, because who thinks about using an accordion? But it goes insane. And, like, the accordion isn't fully, like, it sounds, like, off-key a little bit. If He sounds like he tuned it yeah, it's it's like or maybe, just, maybe you're or, purposely or, playing it. Yeah, probably. or just yeah, exactly. But it kind of just like shows like the degradation of like, or just like how Andres described it, like the dirtiness of of the beginning of the album. It reminds me in one of Joji's songs on Nectar, where it, there becomes an instrumental break, but the instrumentals are all like mixed up, I out sing. of tune, yeah. weird, yeah. and then they come back together for when he starts singing again. It reminds me of that like messiness. True, true. And, and, and as Andres said earlier, this is one of the first songs he made for, for the album. And um, he said in an interview that he literally heard the instrument. He was like, okay, wrote down a few rhymes, whatever, whatever. And then he made the song. Like, just easy as that. And it's, it's just, it's crazy to think that someone could make such a good song so easily. It's crazy but, yeah. how people have that intuitive talent. Yes. To just know, just know how to do it. You know, like no, like they know exactly what they want it to sound like, and they do it. Like it's just crazy. Absolutely. No, you know what are you gonna say about accordion? I like it a lot. And the first like actual song of the album, because the illest villains is the mm. intro it's track, but it's not really a song. It's the it's intro. A good, it's a good. It's yeah, good exactly. Yeah. Uh, so accordion is the first like actual song. Uh, I quite like it a lot. I feel it's very unique. One of the most unique songs on the album. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like to have it second, or the first, technically, however you want to put it, um, really sets the stage. And I feel like that helps build the atmosphere in a way, to be a certain way. And then and then Meat Grinder comes along. Exactly. And you're like, oh shit. Bang. And the atmosphere builds differently. Beaster and then Beastro comes on, and, it changes and the atmosphere and the atmosphere changes again. And but, then Ray but, comes in. Exactly. But to have all those different changes, build it's like world building. Exactly. Entirely. Exactly. Um, and I feel like that's very important for albums like this, where they have a specific story. Absolutely. And I feel like he did it beautifully. I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Uh, quick, quick, quick side note, because I uh, made a mistake on my notes. Oh. So... Not like a mistake, I just forgot to mention this. I guess I, I knew I wrote it down. Yes. But I like I skipped the line when I was reading the, the notes. So the reason that he went to Brazil was because of the Red Bull Music Academy, which is like a traveling, like I guess studying abroad program, kind of. Okay. It's like that where it's like a workshop where like important artists will travel around the world to to spread their music and their messages okay. to different countries. Yeah. Like in like South America specifically. So he went to Brazil with the South uh, with the Red Bull Music Academy, and then he ended up staying after the academy just to finish the album anyways because already there like, eh, I don't say. so he stayed and ended up doing what he did yeah so back on accordion this is a song that it's I want to say it's an acquired taste a little bit and it's mainly because I don't think so because it's unique but it's a vibe 
Yeah. I know that, but I like feel like... Like, I feel like it's not hard to like. You know what I mean? Like, it's not hard to get into. It's just different. No, I understand. I absolutely agree. But I feel like for a lot of people, when they hear that instrumental for accordion, and it just sounds so, like, uh, messy. messy, they're, like, turned off from it. Like, uh, they're, like, they're hesitant. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it is... I don't, it's not a quiet taste. It's more like... It takes a little bit. To, it takes a little bit. Like you have to actually, you you have to like. You gotta get warmed up. They get warmed up exactly, and and I feel like, well, I absolutely do agree that accordion is very important at the very beginning for world building. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it should have been the first song, just because I know a lot of people that I've introduced to Doom, mm-hmm. and they listened to Mad Villainy and didn't finish it just because accordion was so weird to them. I feel like if you switch the placements of accordion and bistro. Or it's according to Raid. You put Raid yeah. first, and then you put yeah. according after Bistro. It would have done the same world building, but given it a different vibe. And let, let, letting like, other people get take more time yeah. to understand. But I feel like the purpose of this album was No, 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 absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like, um, um, like, the way he arranged it was specific to what he wanted the album exactly. to Exactly. He's the villain. He doesn't give a fuck about your feelings. Exactly. And I, I, I do think that the album as a whole should stay like this. But if we gloss... If, if we glean past the fact that it, it was meant to be, like, bold and, like, not gross, but, like, rough around the edges, then it could have worked better. But I, but either way, no matter what way you slice it, it's still incredible, incredible work. Yeah. That's a good saying. Or rough around the edges? Whatever way you slice it. I would say that. I've never heard that before. You've never heard, never heard that? You've never heard that? Really? Yeah, that's good. You slice it. You slice it? Okay. You can take that I in. I like you. Anyways, um, so this is the this is this is where the, the famous lyric Doritos, Cheetos, and Fritos comes into play. The <laughs> silliest lyric of all time. See, Mac Miller couldn't do that. He couldn't make oh, a lyric Mac like Miller, that. Mac Miller, I've only seen Mac that. Mac Miller could never. Jake could never do that. No. But Kanye, nah, he's not like that. Did he squeak? He said that's a solid contender. It is. But Doritos, Cheetos, and Fritos is better. Oh, that's true. He had a top three. Anyways, top in the morning. But. But, but, but beyond all that, I, I think that Accordion is just such an in, such an important song for Doom's legacy. Yeah. Because this per- perfectly encapsulates what I'm saying, that his music is supposed to be not comfortable. It's not supposed to be accommodating for the common man. Yeah, it's not supposed to be mainstream. It's not supposed to be mainstream. Yeah. The, 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 the industry abandoned him. And because they they wanted they wanted music that like people would enjoy more, they wanted more mainstream stuff to bring them more money. Yeah. So he his revenge plot, his villainous plan was to make something that is the opposite of what they wanted but and make it would better. Anyway. People would want more than what the mainstream was pumping out, and he achieved exactly mm-hmm. that. I feel like that's the like sort of pull of like indie music, underground music. That's the thing of like being so homemade and different. Yes. But I love how it's. Rap music. It's exactly. such a mainstream drama. Genre. Main, yeah. Mainstream genre that so many people love. And there's so many rappers. And there's so like it's such a diverse genre. But he managed to do something so uniquely different that sort of paved the way for this type of weird, different, dirty music. Exactly. That's all that the people want more. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think with that. Any other, any other final comments? No, sir. You know? It's good. I like that. Good comment. That's so I think with that, and we can move on to your next track. Okay. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so, 
I would like to do rainbows, oh. which kind of fruity, isn't it? Like me. I, don't know. Sorry. <laughs> what? I like how every single one of these songs are explicit. That's cool. Are they all? Yeah. yeah. One of surprised, but anyway, yeah. I want to go over rainbows. So this song kind of hit me in the same way that Be Sure did, where it's a lot more musical. I feel like this song's a bit more lighthearted in feeling, not necessarily lyrics or anything. Oh, okay. But um, it has quite a few lyrics. But I like it a lot. I like how there's a subtle... <laughs> it's, it's actually not okay. Okay. I like how um, I like how there's this sort of double voice that happens where they're not really layered to create that like choir effect. Yeah. They're That's just cool. singing. Yeah. They're just singing and talking together, which I like. I feel like it creates sort of community feeling within the song. And I just really like the instrumentals. Like it feels yeah, the, the, it the, feels the, like the, a rainbow. Uh, like it feels like that the trumpets in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna mention that it feels like a rainbow. Yeah. I don't know how to explain to you how it feels like a rainbow, but it feels like a rainbow. Do you know how to explain it? Willie, take it away. Because the song is like it's like very light. It sounds it's it's loopy. like loopy, yeah. Loopy very it sounds circular. Yeah. I will I will get to that because uh I will get to that. There's, there's, there's like, lore? No, not really. But like there is there's lore there, there's, the like a, there's like a general there's like a generally accepted reason as to why it feels the way it does the ball. And also like Doom singing, like that kind of threw me off guard when I first listened yeah, to it. He sings a lot though. Not a lot, but he sings a little bit. Yeah, but like still like mm-hmm. I mean he like it's not great. I think it's the first time he sings. And like he's a good singer. Yeah. I like, feel like, I feel like I there's a lot of is... rappers that can like be melodic, but they can't like sing in the same way. Yeah. Like like, MF Doom can sing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like... I and as, like, as, 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 as a vocalist, I'm going to give you your, your... I'm a retired vocalist. Okay. But as, our, as a leading expert, uh-huh. you want to give us your kind of review on Doom's voice as a singer? Um, it's good. I like it a lot. I, f- I feel like he has a lot of power behind his voice, but he does kind of, like, talk sing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he, he takes that musicalness and the Enunciation oh, okay. of um, that like sing tone really well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he does it really well with the way he melds it with the um, instrumentals. But I don't think it's anything particularly special. Okay. Yeah. No, but yeah, is I, good. I, I is very good. Yeah. Well, as a fifth grade chorus member, I also <laughs> agree that his voice is like it's 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 fine. You know, it's not like yes, I wasn't a chorus. Yeah. No, no, but, but like as as I'm, I'm saying. It, it just sounds like a rainbow and the saxophone that comes in towards the end like crazy like that completes the song for me absolutely what about you you got the lore for this song I want, I want to say lore but uh, kind of a generally accepted theory as to why it feels loopy and the reason is for the beginning little verse that they say when I say loopy I don't mean silly I mean like loops like fruit loops loop circle you know okay. anyway. don't misunderstand no, no I, well, actually Actually, the thing is, it's it sounds loopy as in silly. Is is well, the general theory? It does sound like silly, but I mean. No, no, like, no, no, no. I know what you mean, but like, like uh, rainbows they, are arches. No, I, no, no, no. I know what you're getting at. Rainbows are arches. <laughs> <laughs> are they not? No, no, no. I know. I'm not saying otherwise. But what I'm trying to say is, the reason that it feels that way to you is in the beginning chorus, as they say. As much he thinks they know, that's what he drinks. Drano, rat, but she winks rainbows. I don't know if you guys know what Drano is. It's a cleaning product. You pour it in your drain and you clean your closet. Precisely. Precisely. So the generally accepted theory is that in this kind of in-universe of 
this song with Madlib and Mad and MF Doom are into, are drunk off of Drano. And so they say that's what he drinks, Drano. So they're both drunk off Drano, and that's why there's a slow lingering beat. That's why Doom is singing Soprano, just because he's drunk off of Drano. And that's why he's seeing rainbows, because he's hallucinating. Cause that, makes, that actually makes a lot of sense, because America's Most Blunt and Blood Weed. Fair. Sick Fit sort of talks about getting sick off drugs, like when you get a bad high. Oh, yeah, true. And stuff. Like, I feel like that one's more about something like LSD or something. Or Correct. Or like a... Correct. Like a hallucinogen. And then you get hit with rainbow, where it's like, you get high and you're like, it's all... You know, all bubbles and rainbows. You know my, my rap name is actually LSD. That's right. Yeah. Do you, you want to clarify for the people what it means? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> so for, for those who, who don't know, uh, in a past life, I was a known rapper. Um, yeah. And so I, I went through a couple of name variations, but eventually I ended up settling on uh, Lil Trash Bag, a.k.a. LSD, in parentheses, Long Shlong Dong, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake, as my rap name. The three, the, the three name man. Yes. The man with many names, many faces, many names. I'm just like doing... No. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that is the that is the widely accepted theory as to why this song is so much slower but not but in a like strange sense. Yeah. It's because people kind of like how um Pink Floyd is kind of drug music, you know? That's true. Yeah. Where like it gives that sort of feeling. But this is a very different vibe. Yeah. But in the same neighborhood. Yeah, like Pink Floyd does it like as their genre. Different slice of the same pot. Correct. Like, uh, it does it because that's a kind of their genre in a sense. Yeah. Doom is doing it out of circumstance. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's hilarious, but like. It's know. the same kind of outcome. Exactly. Anyways, next Anyways, song. The next, the next track is. So we're going to be doing. What are we doing? Actually, actually, because the, the between the three songs that I have left, I'm leaving the I'm leaving uh, mid test for last last because it's kind of an honorable, uh, kind of an honorable mention. Between the two that I have, like, Team Clown and All Caps, one of them is the most important, most important and or popular song he's made. Then you should do that one. And the other one's my favorite. <laughs> Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, talk about William. Talk about a Fancy Clown. <laughs> so Fancy Clown is my favorite song in the entire album, and that's mainly because of the story, the self-contained story that it tells. Yeah. And the fact that he uses his multiple aliases as like two different people, and it works so well in this little story. So in this, in Fancy Clown, MF Doom is speaking as if he was Victor Vaughn, and he's talking about how he's upset that his girlfriend cheated on him with MF Doom. Oh. Which is super funny in respect. That is really funny. Because <laughs> it makes sense, because Victor Vaughn is just supposed to be some normal guy. Yeah. And then MF Doom is a super villain. He's 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 a he's a much more... They didn't like he's, a, he's a notorious villain. They didn't like me. Oh, say it like that. Man, don't say it like that, please. It's like when when Lois Lane didn't know that Kent Clark was Superman. Kent Clark. Clark. Clark Kent. Clark Kent was Superman. Superman, but then she flirted with Superman. It's like you're supposed to be my girlfriend, but you're flirting with me when I'm not me right now. What are you doing? True. That's precisely what this, what this is really about, honestly. Yeah. Kind of. It's two different. It's two literal different people. But first of all, the beginning sample of Fancy Clown is amazing. Yeah. It's it's an R and B sample from God I don't remember where. Um, I swear I have it. Yes. So that ain't the way you you make love by blues singer ZZ Hill is the sample that is used throughout the little voice in the background and the entire song. It's a slightly different pitch, but that's been all the changes made. 
and the entire song is just Victor Vaughn talking to his girlfriend or just talking about talking to himself, like about how he feels about this this discovery. Yeah. You know, he's he's threatening to beat beat the hell out of MF Doom, leaving her. He he talks about feeling sick that after messing around with him, he kissed her on the lips. He feels sick. He wants to get his jewelry back that he gave her. He's like having an episode, literally. He's like, unraveling that, that weird, like betrayed feeling of knowing you want to do something but not knowing what to do. Yes. What, what yeah. Would... So this song kind of. So this is the most emotional song on the album. Not, not a lot of the songs like have a lot of emotion in them. Yeah. At least in the terms of his vocals, you can tell from the lyrics that they're talking about emotional things. Yeah. But specifically in this track, you can tell that like Doom is like kind of hurt. Yeah, I feel like in a lot of his songs, like the the feeling of the song is what it's supposed to be at face right. value. This song is different. Yeah, like he he really drives the point home that he has been completely betrayed and he feels wasted. Mm-hmm. A teenage lover didn't feel no hurt yet. My boy, my boys warned me you were poison like BBD first cassette, which is probably with bars. Yeah, you, you guys know what he's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. What? You know what he's talking about in the line. Uh, my boys warned me you were a poison like BBD first cassette. No. So uh, BBD is reference to Bell Bib DeVoe, which is a rap group in the, in the same era. And they made the song group. Poison. I know you know the song. Big Booty Baby. I just, <laughs> just said their name. <laughs> Bell Bib DeVoe. Oh, Anyways. So I still up on my chips in the worst bet. Gave up the skirt. Now I got to hear from the street. He's like, he's really hammering it home that he is, he's lost. He's lost completely. Oh, okay. And yeah. I hear what you said to and get it. So, yeah, so I, I love Fancy Clown. It's easily my favorite song on the album. I think it it is the perfect blend of Doom's flow and his, his creative instrumentals and his incredible lyrical prowess, while at the same time having that emotion to really make you think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I be thinking sometimes. You be thinking, well, how about you think about the song for a minute? Fancy Clown, correct? Listen to me, no, 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 I don't know. Anyways, Fancy Clown. Um, like Andres has gushed about for the last like five minutes. It's a very in, in like fantastic instrumental. Uh, the lyrics are, you know, as Andres said, like emotional, like just like him coming from a space that isn't really common that you don't hear much, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Um, overall, like I don't really have much to say because Andres like killed it. So. Yeah. That was his personal opinion. Yeah, but like it's 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 a really good song. I really enjoy it. Um, what about you, Anna? I feel like this is a perspective we don't hear a lot from men, where he essentially is the other woman. Mm. You know. Mm. Um. So like, to like, I feel like he portrays it really well, even though he's basically fighting himself. But that in and of itself is pretty metaphorical. Um. But I like the way he portrays it, sort of like spiraling, losing it but desperately trying to keep your composure and keep yourself so that you can do something about it, but not knowing what to do or how to do it or what would be the right thing. Do I want to do the right thing? Anyway, so those are my thoughts. Back to the lore. Back in, back in that little doom timeline that I have. So on October 31st, 1994, Doom created a song by the name of... In 1994, he wasn't even in KMD, I don't think. Oh, he's your mother. She's having a lovely day. She's currently, she's, so. she's currently at work right now. She is? She's a hard-working well, woman. Where's your mom right now? My mom? I think she's at work, too. 
You know, I like that. I I'm, like glad, that too. I'm glad that our mothers are productive women in society. Yes. Right, you know? And Is your mother a productive woman in society? You know, that's, you know, I like that that's too. That's good and enough. And it comes with music. She's in the PTA. Good I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. A productive woman in society. An attentive mother. You look a loving mother, caring mother. Shout out to all our moms. Shout out to moms. Dads. Yeah. You know, shout out to. Jesus. So, this is by late 2003. Yes. The album still hasn't come out yet. So, it was around I would assume. Late 2003. When you were born? July. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. late is not July. Yeah, I know. Late is like August. Correct. If anything, yeah. So, in late 2003, they were finishing up the album. And in between all that work, J-Lib, which was Mad Lib's collaboration with J-Lib, because he did end up collaborating with both of his artists that he wanted to. Unfortunately, though, that collaboration flopped commercially. It didn't do nearly as well. Which is why Mad Villainy is such an important album because it basically, I don't want to say it saved his career, but like it really helped him out because Jalen flopped. So Doom was, which is insane to think about because Doom was working on, while they were working on Mad Villainy, he was also working on his own solo album. Yeah. He was working, he released Take Me to Your Leader, which is his King Ghidorah album. And then he also released Vaudeville Villain and Victor Vaughn in the same year. That's funny. As Victor Vaughn in the same year. Which is an album produced by a bunch of other people. Yeah. So he released two albums, and then was also working on the collab album with with Madlib, which is insane to think about. Working on three albums at the he, same he, time. He, he kind of like um, NBA Youngboy, notoriously releasing. Notoriously releasing nine albums in a single year, I think. With so crazy. the same song on all of them. And we're also taking care of a lot of well, children. Like nine children. No, I think Cannon. I think no, like Cannon has twelve. Has twelve. Yeah, NBA Youngboy has like ten. I think he's like a little less. He's, he's coming to the throne. He's coming for the throne. I'm really good at being. Pull out game sucks. Bro, like Nick Cannon? Pull out game sucks. Nick Cannon oh, no. is like in his 40s. Like fucking, fucking NBA boy is like 23. Actually, yeah. Like it's crazy. It's a general, it's a general, it's just a generational issue. Skill yeah. issue, honestly. So, yeah. So then at this point in like mid-2003, so finally when you were born. Yes. They, like, they, they, act, they uh, Doom came back from Brazil and they met up again, kept working on the album. Anyways, next track. I forgot whose turn is it. William. My turn. My William. final track. Yes, that's correct. My final track. Guys, I'm making this one extra special. Because I'm talking about fear. No, not for you. For everyone listening. Maybe, I mean, you're listening to me, so I guess also for you. But Figaro is my final track. <clears throat> this song is probably, I, I don't I, I don't know the full lore. I don't know, like, uh, everything about Doom. But Figaro is one of his better, like, most popular songs and like more respected songs. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm not gonna lie, I got a lot of this information off the Dissect Podcast Instagram because they broke down about uh, Figaro and little like nuances in in it. So Figaro is a very popular type of chain like out of Italy, and Figaro is also the name of an Italian of a character in an Italian play, the Barber of uh, Seville. Personally, the beat is like pretty simple, but it's it stays interesting. Even despite that, the beat switch from the beginning of the song, because yeah. the first starts with kind of like, I don't even know how to describe the very beginning of the song. It's just like, I don't even know. I, I don't know how to describe the very beginning, but it's like, it's just like a little like, like instrument kind of going off. Yeah. And then it immediately switches, yeah. slaps you in the face with this hard beat. It's, it's a, it kind of sounds like when, like when you get to a movie and like, it's a jazz club. Yeah, true. And Never. yeah. So that's, yeah. But it's 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 still like it, it grabs your attention with that with that beginning part and then Doom comes in and he fucking spits a solid fucking verse, if I do say so myself. Um 
and it's just like mostly him like flexing and like showing off like he's not really like saying much in the song but he's like rhyming extremely yeah. well and just showing he's he's literally showing off like i can do this easy, as easily as i as i'm making it out to be and no one else can so you know so if you're looking at the spotify uh, numbers mccormick's song by a tremendous margin is all caps with 82 million plays. Yeah. And then before that, it is kind of like a tie-ish uh, for Accordion and Meat Grinder with about 50 million plays each. And then Ray, the Fancy Clown, and Figaro all have like 35. Okay. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty stupidly it's, it's, large it's, margin yeah. in between. It's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty it, exponential. But it's still up there. But it's, yeah, it's, it's still one of the songs because some of the other songs like Do Not Fire has like 8 million. <laughs> like, it, like, like, to be granted, those are like it's like less than a minute, and they're not songs; they're just instrumentals. It's still really good, honestly. But like compared to everything else, it's not really. Yet. And we'll to my opinion. Any, any, any uh, Figaro? Um, I don't really have that many thoughts on it. I like it a lot, but um, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. That's all. But yeah. So, <laughs> so I do believe that this is the hardest beat switch in the entire album. The only one that I would say. It's not curls. It's um, I have it. My thing. It is. I believe it's rainbows. Actually, no, it's not rainbows. I'm lying. Where is it? It's meat grinder. So meat grinder and Figaro are like the two really hard beat switches on this album. But I feel like personally, Figaro is just so much more. So it hits so much harder, simply because it starts off with something so much different, and then. It just ends super abruptly and picks it up immediately with this new beat, which is so, so much harder, so much more. I guess we could say again, like gritty, much more, much dirtier beat. So there's there's not a lot really to say about the song itself because it really isn't talking about much. Yeah, it really is as you were saying. It's just kind of him talking about random stuff. Um, as we have, he does have a line where he says a doom sings soprano like una tociano, which it's just him. Saying that he sings soprano, which as we've discovered, he does. Mm-hmm. He has before and he will again. Uh, and then Una Dociano is just in the first, it's just a, it's just a children's song in Italy. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's just a funny little reference. It's kind of cool. It, it's kind of like a, and then when he sings uh, Figaro, Figaro, so as, as you have described, Figaro is a chain. It's a, it's a type of neck chain that, and it, the, the thing about it that's interesting is because, it's ironic because Doom doesn't wear any chains he never has. He's always had an aversion to it. Mm-hmm. Because he always criticizes artists for wearing like a lot of chains. Yeah. Simply because he insists that it's about the music and the message and less about the fashion and the ice. So yeah. that's always been... It's, that's essentially his message for Figaro. That he's talking about he, he has all this stuff, but he doesn't really, doesn't really talk about it like everybody else does. Because it's not important. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, it's very important for Doom's message and his legacy as it stands. That rap isn't just about flexing and being that guy. It can really just be about the message and letting your legacy shine before you. He's like, it he's like, look, my music is good as shit. And I don't have to flex. Facts. You know? It's like, like, uh, it speaks for itself. I forget the it, artist. Yeah. But it's like, there's an artist that, uh, like, one of their lines is like, I did it all with a Drake feature. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that. Oh, that's Matt. That's Matt. Maybe. I knew it was something that we knew. I don't know was. Yeah. So it's it's that kind of vein where he's talking about I I can't do it all and I don't need to flex about it. Yeah. I don't need a, all this big stuff. I just, I'm doing it for myself and for the people. 
he's a man of the people. He's a villain, but he's a yeah. man of the people. He's doing. He's like Robin Hood. Yeah, he is. He's he's a he's a bad guy as people see what needs to no. be done. He's not. He's, he's not a villain in his story. He just needs to do what needs to be not, done. He's not. He's not a bad guy. He just happens to be the bad sure. guy. So. Anyways, enough of that. And to turn again. Hey, so I want to go over super villain theme. Super villain theme is one of those skit songs in the album. Um, kind of like the intro with illest villains. I really, really like the instrumentals. Like, there's no lyrics. There's no like. It's literally just super villain. The only theme. lyric is the very, very beginning. You can yeah. see your words, but yeah. it's the sample from somebody else. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's just the rest is They're not meant all. to be heard. They're just meant to be noise. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I feel like this really builds the atmosphere of that villain theme. You know, yeah. like it's it's just is really good. <laughs> There's not much you can really say about it because there's yeah. no lyrics. There's no, like, message. But Fair. it is really good. You should listen to it. Yes, I agree. And it's got, like, that classical, like, like rock. Like, you can hear, like, <laughs> damn. I hit my leg. Anyways, that's crazy. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me, though. Anyways, it's but, like, me. it's 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 always, it's like that classical rock. Like, you could hear, you could definitely hear, like, um, like what's like, singing. True. Like, performing on top of it. And it also just, like, really... I feel set- like it's giving one of those um, Marvel cartoon lyrics. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what this is for, because you want to see influences entire persona on Doctor Doom. Like that's yeah, boring. exactly. Yeah, and this, that- is, this is... Sorry about the game. It's okay. It's like... <laughs> it's, like it it's like when you hit that point in, like, a cartoon superhero series where the superheroes become the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... it's I feel like yeah, it feels was, like that. I was going to say that the song just sounds like... It sounds like super villain. Like, yeah. There's not much else you can say about it. Like, yeah. This is the supervillain yeah. theme. Yeah, this is his theme. This is this is me getting into my Joker era. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna say that ever again. This, this is not about you. This is about. This is all about me. It's not about I have you. I have the consciousness in my life. It's all about me. No. Anyways, so cool information about this song though. So the main instrumental comes from a Brazilian rock band. Obviously, he he picked it up while he was in Brazil. Academy. Yeah. And then with the help of Mad Lib, you know, chopping up the beat, adding in some drums and such. Because if you listen to the original song that it's sampled from, it's much more psychedelic. It's a lot more like Pink Floyd. In a sense that it's a lot more psychedelic psychedelic, a lot more like it not so introspective, but like I don't know, psychedelic is a lot more difficult. But um with the help of Mad Lib, it sounds more like something it sounds more like something like you got the, the Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Like the original one from way back when. And it, it sounds more like Doc Ock, Steve, the Green Goblin, Sinister Six, you know what I'm saying? And that's, like the, it's it's strange to me, though, I will say, that this song is so late in the album. Yeah. Because this is, like, the last five songs. Yeah, it's, the, it's the fourth to last. I mean, you can make the argument that it's, like, the, all the album was, like, a pre-thing for him becoming the supervillain. Or, like, the arc. Yeah. You could say that, yeah, because Fancy Clown. And then, he, Fancy and then Clown, that um, point. Well, actually, you, you know, you could say that actually. You know what? Actually, you know that's a good point. I see. Yeah, no, you have, you have to do it. Because you don't You're go through. Right. You don't go through a supervillain arc starting off as a villain. Exactly. Like, like you go through the arc. You no, get yeah, all the feelings, my, yeah, and then my you only thing. No, villain. yeah, because it's the thing is like Doom had already been established as a villain in hip hop yeah. since Operation Doomsday. Yeah. 
But no, actually, no, you're asking, if, you're, if we're considering it, because I was considering it as him as a whole, but if we consider it simply in this album, then you're absolutely right. It makes okay, and like, like, absolutely like, right. like, personally, like, this album, like, rings true for me, because, like, Fancy Clown, like, I'm in my Joker era, and then I became the yeah. super villain, you know? I feel like, I feel like, um, in context of the rest of his albums, it doesn't make as much sense, but, like, if you look at this, um, yeah, this album yeah. as the story in and of itself, it definitely fits. Absolutely. But I think with that, we can, uh, we can move on to what is arguably his best, at the very least, his most influential track throughout his discography. You have to talk about All Caps. All Caps is, A, the most popular song on the album, just with the, uh, the Spotify stats. This is, so, if, I don't know if you guys seen the music video for this song. I have not. You have not? Okay. So, the music video is amazing because it's, it shows him in a comic book style. It's it's the, the video is just a whole animation, mm-hmm. just animated, and it's just and it's just uh like literally if you open up a comic book like yeah. the, the normal one like an old one, and it's just it's just the panels it, yeah it's just panels him jumping from panel to panel acting out whatever was happening in that panel and it's super good it's super cool it's super well animated everything works super well with the music it's all in sync ah beautiful I love it I can talk an hour for that thing and this feels like this feels like the true theme. If you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Supervillain theme is like his background. He's like yeah. a little background theme. But like, this, this right here is the true, like, this is the this true is, face. This is, this is his boss background. Yeah, this is him walking into the room. No, supervillain theme is him walking into the oh, room. Yeah? This is him actually Super, talking. Supervillain theme is the start of his episode. All caps is, is his boss fight. Okay. Is his fight, yeah. This is him actually acting out his villainous deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see like Spider-Man and Green Goblin like fucking, like they're fighting and this almost just playing in the background. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the Fantastic Four fighting Doctor Doom, yeah. Silver Surfer, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Shadow Silver Surfer. Shadow Silver Surfer. The, the, the goat. Truly. He just took me for a Silver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That was really funny. That was incredibly funny. That was so funny because it was so stupid. Anyways. Anyways, anyways. So, actually, funny thing. Uh, real quick. So, at, just like Operation Doomsday, this album has two different album covers. Yeah. But they're not particularly very different. Okay. So, the first one, the one that I'm assuming we all have, is the one where he's looking straight at the camera. And then he has another one, which is this. The So, obviously, in the, in the song, it explains that. Just remember all caps when you spell the man's name. But even besides that, this song has some of his best lyricism. Period. Uh-huh. I, think we get, I think we can all kind of agree on that. Some of his best lyricism. His, his smoothest flow. Yeah, slow. 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 It's incredible. It's incredible. He has some of his cooler lyrics. You know, the beat is so butter, peep the slow cutter, and utters a comp flow. Talk about my mom, yo. Because in the back, when you hear someone say your mother, and he's like, hey, talk about my mom, yo. He's just like us. He's just like us. Like, you could feel that, like, this, like, it, you could feel as if he was performing live. Yeah. Because you hear, like, in the back, when people are talking. And it's it's so amazing to me. It, it It's, I love it. I really, it's hard for me to explain without repeating myself. I sound like an idiot. But I love this song so much. It means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. This song is... I want to say the song's perfect. Genuinely. I do kind of want to say it. No, yeah, yeah. At least in terms of Doom's mm-hmm. legacy, this song's perfect. It oh, is exactly what he lives for and exactly what he died for. And like how you said with the, with the... Like how this song is like alternate cover. Like, I feel like that that's also a way to say like if you're not going to listen to any other song on this album, this is the one you got to listen Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Like the one. I agree. Yeah, like oh, like talking about the song though, like Andres like hit it on the nail. Like the song is just like instrumental is fantastic. His flow is 
so charismatic and so smooth. He, his lyricism is crazy. Um, and it, like overall, it's just, it, it is, in my opinion, the best song on the album. Facts. Incredible work. <laughs> All right. And I feel like we've talked enough about all caps. I feel like we can uh, go to the final song that you have chosen. Yes. Before we do that, I do want to mention kind of the last bit of lore. Mm-hmm. The last bit of the timeline. So this is this sort of 2004, 2006 when Magazine dropped. So on March 24th, 2004, Stones Throw Records released uh, released Matt Villainy. Incredible acclaim. It dropped and it was a banger on drop. So in its first week in the album, released in 179th in the Billboard Top 200. Mm -hmm. So for for an artist that no one really knew. In its first week. So for an artist that wasn't really known very well, that's incredible. That's very impressive. It's very impressive. In the first week, it reached 80 in the top R&B, number 9 in top heart seekers, or heat seekers, which is like, Hit music yeah, came out. Yeah. and top ten in number ten in top independent albums, okay. which is very impressive that it reached so that many acclaims, really that many broke that many records in its first week, very least first month. What did it uh, cap off on? I don't know. I don't have that information. I didn't look at that. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep talking. About yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. So interestingly, two thousand eight, Stone Throws released Madlibity two, the Madlib remix, which is just a completely remix version, which was created to inspire Doom to finish up work on whatever his next project was, which. Yeah. To to my to my knowledge, the next one would have been the Mouse in the Mask when he changed his name again as Danger Doom. Nice. So that was two thousand five. Was Mouse in the Mask, which is a great album, by the way. But Mad Villainy Two, the Mad Villainy Mix, isn't really considered Mad Villainy Two. It's just considered like its kind of own album. Yeah. Because people to this day still want Mad Villainy Two, and it's rumored that it's gonna happen. Because I don't know if you guys know what the thirty three and the third book series is. The thirty-three and a third book series. The thirty-three and a third book series is a book series where they'll take albums, they'll pick an album, and then they'll they'll go through the entire process of its production from like kind of like how I have here, like even before, like two thousand one when it was before it was even like being began working on to even after the album was released. Mm-hmm. They did it for a bunch of like Stevie Wonder albums. They've done it for Linkin Park albums. They've done it for uh, Matt, Kanye. Yeah. They did it for Doom recently. They just released it for Matt Villainy. And it's because of that they're giving this album so much attention. And even Madlib is like performing a lot more now. Mm-hmm. And he's playing a lot of Doom tracks. People are assuming that he's working on Madlibini 2. Okay. Because it makes sense because Doom has so many instrumentals and so much work that he had that never went. Yeah. That went in the vault. Yeah. It would it makes a lot of sense. And honestly, if Madlibini 2 comes out, nobody talk to me for the next month because I'm not A, I'm not gonna shut up about it. And B, I'm not gonna listen to it because I'm gonna listen to the album. Yeah. I swear to God. Uh, How you were- True and real. And this is going to be worse. Very, very quickly uh, to jump in. Uh, in 2014, it got re-released and it peaked at 117. And then later, uh, 2019 through 2022, it peaked at 73. Uh, with Money Folder peaking at 66 in 2003. All right. In the top 100. You'll see that. You'll also see that. Honestly. Yeah, that's, all, that's really good. That's very, very good. It's very impressive. Yeah. But I think with that, uh, that's all the, the lore that I have thus far. Besides oh. if I don't think of anything with the random fun facts. I think with that, we can move on to the, my final track, my little funny track, little tidbit track. The bonus track, if you will. Yes, my little honorable mention, because I love it so much. Operation Lifesaver, aka The Mint Test. So, man, this song is, this song feels like an interlude, but it's not. First of all, it has one of the funniest instrumentals, because it's like a synth guitar. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I don't want to say tune it up, because that doesn't sound right. I don't know how to describe it. They tune it, um... It goes up. Oh, you know oh, they did like, a slide. Like a, yeah. Sure. Like a, like a 
Because the, the, the lower you are on the guitar bridge, the higher the pitch. So they start from a low note, and then still, as it's ringing and playing, they move it down. Okay. So then there it does go. the... Okay, there we go. Oh, there's a, I yes. know there's a song that... I don't know. I think it's on that album. That sounds like Spongebob. I might be, I I might be mixing it up with... I might be mixing it up with another one. I know Ice Place made a song. <laughs> no, but it, it sounds like the like the sad song that's, that plays in Spongebob. This I like it's yeah like I could not tell you. I have no idea. I'm like 99 percent sure it's on this album, but I'll I'll, I'll skim through the album as you can Yeah, I don't know, but I skimmed through it earlier know. and I didn't hear it. That's the thing. I don't know. You'll find it at some point. And like like I, I almost chose that song just because it sounded like that. But it was not a Spongebob? It's not like I mean, Spongebob, that one just doesn't fall. When did Spongebob drop? Like, one of the first episodes? 1999. Okay, so yeah, Spongebob. So, okay, so anyways, back on to Unversus Lifesaver. A lot of people don't call it the whole thing because we just came mint test. I say mint test because... I, I... Uh, a lot of people say either way. That, that's you. It, it doesn't matter. That's you. I like, how, I like how the name sort of references it. So the sample is actually from a cartoon. It's about the Justice... It's a, it's, it's, a, it's from an album, but it's, it's like, uh, about the Justice League. They use a lot of samples from oh. cartoons. That's why a lot of the sample is, you know, the, the world is under attack. The fate yeah, of the world yeah, yeah. hangs in the balance. Operation Lifesaver is in effect as of right now. And then we go into it. It's, God, it's so good. It, it, it really is. It's just so interesting to me because Operation Lifesaver, a.k.a. Mintest, the reason that it's called that, A, because it's a kind of a little reference to Operation Doomsday, but it's also because of it's, it's Doom talking about his interaction with a girl who has really bad breath. Obviously, it's funny because it's funny because this whole album is so melodramatic and like gritty. And then they get to the song, it's like, well, damn, good breath stank. I found it, by the way. What is it? It's in Meat Grinder. It's like halfway through Meat Grinder. I'm going to have to take a listen to that. I'll, 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 I'll listen to it as I. Okay. So, yeah, so that's that's the whole song. It's talking about Doom having to interact with this girl bad breath. That's Operation Lifesaver. Make her eat a Lifesaver so yeah. that your breath doesn't stink anymore. That's why it's called the mint test. Trying to give her a mint. Mm-hmm. See, because like the mint test is like if if she ha- if her breath doesn't stink is do I keep going? Like can I look past that? Yeah. And that's like the whole mint test. Anyways. Uh, is, that, is that all the other stuff? That's pretty much it. Yeah, Operation Lifesaver is isn't really like I don't like, it's not an important song. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like it's just kind of a silly little song that he put in there yeah. just it's funny. It's a funny story. Yeah, I think it's my favorite song. It's definitely up there for me just because how funny it is. Because it's so it's so detached from the whole album. Yeah, it sticks out really hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like, kind of wanted, so, so wanted to take Operation Lifesaver, but I was also like, I, I, I do want to talk about the Superman album. Fair enough. Yeah, I think um, that's that's it for me. I don't know if you guys have anything to say. Well, I, I, I have nothing else to say. So I'm just let me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> ask me another question. Go ahead. What keeps bringing you back to this album? And, or MF Doom as a whole. Okay, so I'll answer both questions. Yeah, I'll answer both questions. So what keeps me coming back to Doom is just his incredible ability to be so different, yet honestly so different because it doesn't make sense. Unique. Yeah. So so like a unique word. To be so unique yet at the same time not be so different that I can't pick up on anything familiar. Yeah. He's hit. He hit like the perfect middle. Sp- Sweet spot where his his stuff is so different than everybody else, and all the other like mainstream artists or stuff that was really popular at the time, or even at the era when this album released was like four or five. Yeah, and yet he was he still managed to stand alone completely and have sit stand on the podium by himself 
and be his own person and have no one no one near him, no one to tell him. Not to tell him no, but like no no one that you can be compared to. Oh, okay. Doom is an artist that you can't compare anybody to. Yeah. There are obviously a lot of artists now, like up and coming artists that are taking inspiration from him. But like at the time there was nobody like him. There really wasn't. Someone with such an impressive flow, such a, such creative instrumentals, such use of samples, yeah. use of sampling. Um it, it was it was impressive. It was literally in a league of his own. And I think it's that 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 uh that like level that he's at that keeps me making me go back. Because I enjoy every single one of his albums on all his collaborative albums, all his solo albums. It's just even just because he has albums that are called like the special herbs and spice mix yeah, volumes, yeah, which yeah. are just instrumentals. Alright, but what keeps you bringing back to Mad Villainy? Yes, specifically. So as as we've stated, this is why we consider it to be his best work, and I feel that there isn't really an album that this this really compares to in the sense of the work that was put into it, because Mad Lib was already such an established producer at the time. Yeah, and MF Doom was such a special artist in his in his era. Them collaborating was like the Infinity Stones gathering. Like it's actually insane. Yeah, like it, it, it really was. It's kind of like if uh, Drake and Jack Carlo collaborated on an album. No, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Dude, two fruities motherfuckers on the planet. Well, no, no, Jack wasn't fruity. Nah, He's just a fuckboy. Bro, I fucking wish I was Jack Carlo. Jack Carlo wasn't fruity. He's fruity in a straight way. Yeah, yeah. he kind of just like me. But like, he's uh, way more attractive. Uh, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a leading expert on Jack Carlo as William is, apparently. Yes. The Jack Carlo meal. Literally the greatest thing that ever happened to my life. I, I never had it. No, it's literally the spicy chicken sandwich, mac and cheese, fries, and a drink. And I, like, I always wanted to get it, but I never got a chance. I know you, I know you guys went at like 2 in yeah. the morning and I didn't get to go because I was at home. Yeah. I didn't have a car. I was like, bro. Oh. That's so good. So, I, 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 I wish I could have gotten it. So it's a shame. They already bring it back. I'll be the first in line. Literally. Anyways. Um, I, I think what really just keeps bringing me back is there's so many songs here that... To me, can be used for anything. There's, every song is so versatile. Mm-hmm. There are also some exceptions like Fancy Clown. You can't really play it for anything. Yeah. But like, kind of like that kind of melancholy type thing. Just talks about breaking up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Being cheated on. But there are songs like Mid Test, All Caps, All Caps Raid, uh, Bistro, even Cheaters, Cheaters, <laughs> Like the like, um, like that you know that, that lyric. Yeah. by itself is just so fun. Like Doom is able to be really fun. Same time. It's really versatile. Hmm? Really versatile. And, and, oh, like, yeah. and he doesn't have to switch up that much to, to do that. Yeah. Which is really interesting because like if you have like an artist like let's say like um like the baby whatever. Sure. He, he he like he releases quote unquote fun music and he sounds this way but then he releases like his somber stuff and it sounds completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Like artists completely switch it up. They yeah. don't sound like themselves. Exactly. Exactly. They they sound completely. Like, it, it sounds kind of like forced. Yeah, and like, yeah. But like, they, they like diversify themselves for the sake of variety and getting that those different hits from the people exactly. that love you but want something different. Uh, MF Doom just has that innate variety. Yeah, but like you just like his cadence never changes. His, his vocal, like besides him singing on a couple things, it, his cadence. But never it still changes. sounds like him. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it sounds like his music. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It, yeah. it, it, not only the vocals, the lyricism is always so so intelligent, yeah. so clever. Like, his rhyming scheme is so interesting because you have two lines and they have two different rhyming schemes per line. Yeah. So, they have one, I don't, I have to look, but I don't remember. Fee, fi, fo, fum, I did your mom. Did you know, what? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Like, you have one line and then 
you'll have one word and then another word at the very end. Yeah. And then the next line, one word will match the one from before and the other one match the other one. Yeah. So have like cool rhyming scheme going on at the same time and it'll keep the, it up. The, the double entendre. Exactly. Yeah. You just don't see that. Like, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's especially impressive. with the way that we know he writes music. Yeah. Like, he just yes. writes it. Like, this is just the shit that he comes up with. Yeah, like, it's like I was saying before, like, his process. He would go to the liquor store at 11 a.m. and he just sit on the back porch drinking yeah. and smoking and just doing this. Yeah. That's insane. Like, this is just what his brain is. Yeah, it's just, it was what he was able to come up with at the time. And even after Madeline came out, a lot of his work afterwards was still, it was Same. so impressive. Yeah. Madeline is still his best work, but that doesn't mean like by, by no means does that mean that he fell off, yeah. and any of his work is his best not up work to is so on top of everything else that the rest yeah. of his work is still literally so everything. Good. All his work is like S tier, and Madeline is just S plus. Yeah. Everything is worse, but it's still like so fucking insane that it, it's practically undefinable. It'd be, it'd be the best album for any given artist, not named by Madeline. Fair, yeah, fair. Honestly, yeah, you know what? True. I don't know. I but uh, if we're, I feel like we've covered enough. Of covered everything that needs to be covered. Yeah. So, would you like to go first for your album review slash rating? No, no. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be the longest. Okay. That's true. So I'll go first. So, as I've, I've previously said, like M of Doom and me, we have a tumultuous relationship. You know, there have been a couple of domestic incidents that have happened. The police called. Um, but. When I listened to Mad Villainy, like everything changed and I fell back in love with him. Uh, not, I, I, okay, whatever. That's a bad example. Metaphor. Whatever. So, but speaking like seriously. Bro, shut up. Like, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm no, no. It's literally not that. I'm just like, I just wanted to make a joke. I thought it was funny, but I'm just not funny. Anyways, so M of Doom um, and I, you know, we've had. Are ups and downs you know there's a couple songs that i've listened to his about and i'll be like yeah these are really good but like like i've said before his music is it's not for everyone and i'm someone who likes interesting sounds and what i previously listened to just hadn't given me that but listening to mad villainy like completely changed everything because it was mf like literally prime MF, mf doom like he looked like kobe out there interest interesting instrumentals you know like just fucking weird stuff that you wouldn't think about but it came in and then you had his lyricism which has always been top tier and his his flow which is just always buttery smooth even though he sounds the same but he sounds different on every song overall i really enjoyed listening to this and this is going to be an album that maybe i won't necessarily like keep coming back to but if someone plays a song off of it i'd be like yeah that's fine that's fine so from a musical standpoint, uh, I'd have to give it a nine out of ten. It's it's a really good album. I really enjoyed it. Okay, so this isn't really my type of music, but I definitely enjoyed it a lot, and I feel like um, it's something I could listen to a lot. I feel like Willie hit it off really well with the musical standpoint. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot. Like, it's really hard to explain why we like these things so much. But as soon as you hear it, you'll understand exactly what we mean. Um, so I think I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Fire. Fire. The man of the hour. Man of the hour. Okay. <clears throat> Let me get my scroll out. Ah. Right. <laughs> so, 
Doom has one of the most unique flows I've ever seen in rap recent, as of recent. It stopped raining. It's my nice. bro. Sun's back out. Love to see it. Thank God, because I wasn't really trying to listen to the radio out to my car. Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, buns out. Whoa. I like that. Anyways, so he, he has cemented himself as an elite artist in the industry mm-hmm. with such, such like, clever... Uh, Rhyme schemes, his intellect he ran circles around people around of, of his time yeah. because of how impressive his lyrics was. His lyrics and his vocals and his instrumentals and all and all of such and such. He, his like obviously as a character, he's hilarious and he's such an interesting character that you're able to make yourself the villain and that's like your whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. Well, gimmick is a bad word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's your whole shtick. Sure, that works. That works better. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so obviously, to touch your shtick. Damn. <sighs> Kind of out of pocket, bro. Yeah. Anyways, so while Doom was obviously compelling and interesting as a character, his music is what distinguished him as one of the greatest artists yeah. of all time. Truly, in my opinion, I do believe he's in that upper echelon from the greatest artists we've ever seen. In hip hop, I'd say yeah. Okay. Fair I enough. Like, I wouldn't know. I feel what? like for the for the he's rap rapper genre. Yeah, if like rap and hip hop for sure. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily just like hip, like his music, like his influence, because like you guys, you have guys like. Tyler yeah, Creator. like his his culture. Yeah, his. like Tyler the Creator, Playboy Cardi. Like, no, all absolutely, them, absolutely, all absolutely, of them, absolutely. Like looking at my doom, like he's God. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So how like it, it's always it's always interesting to me looking back on Doom and how impressive all his stuff is, simply because simply because of how how immersive his music can be. Like like Fancy Clown really brings you into that world of him being like. Victor Vaughn being upset that his girlfriend cheated on him with MF Doom. Which, if you if you take a look back, it's just Daniel Dumoulin. This is his name, by the way. I don't imagine that ever. Daniel Dumoulin talking to himself about a girl that doesn't exist. This is hilarious. It, it's <laughs> it's kind of like a Family Guy where like Seth MacFarlane voices every character. Yeah, 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 when it's just two characters talking, it's just him talking to himself. Yeah, which is really cool, by the way. It's very impressive for his voice acting. That's not important. I'm like kind of rambling because I'm I'm trying to like really find a way to like eloquently put this yeah but i really can't like, it's, it really just is like it's just so impressive he, the legacy he has left behind for the hip-hop genre is insane mm-hmm. he has cemented himself as one of the most important people in hip-hop yeah for for various reasons people like even people now up and coming artists are taking inspiration from him with his sampling and his his flow mm-hmm. because of what they because of what he's done for the people. There's like a running joke in the Doom community that Doom is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. It's like whatever your favorite rapper is, there's like a 90% chance their favorite rapper is Doom. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not true because that's impossible. But like, it just, that joke just goes to show how influential he is for, for his, like his legacy has surpassed him completely. 100%. His legacy has outlived him 100%. And I'm very glad that even though obviously I am sad that his, his passing, of his passing, I'm glad that his legacy continues to shine through through all of that. Yeah. But but more on the album. This album is perfect to me. Yeah. I, I do I, I do I, I do believe this album is perfect. I think that shut up, let me finish. I, I think this album is so powerful and so impressive for Doom's like skill set. Yeah. I think that they're there has not been an album that he has made that has had such an effect on not only me, but the rap community as Mad Villain. 
Madlib and MF Doom was such an incredible duo. And I do really hope that Mad Villainy 2 comes out. Because if it does and it lives up at least somewhat to what Mad Villainy was, I promise you it'll shake the internet. It will shake the world again. I promise you. It'll come back from the grave, I swear to God. It'll be the closest we get. But with that, just because I don't want to extend time. With all that said, I am giving Mad Villainy the prestigious... Six out of nine, I was kidding. Ten out of ten. Whoa. I do believe this is a perfect album. I know a lot of people... I'm not, like, I know people might say that I'm biased. I'm meat riding. Meat grinding. Meat grinding. I didn't even say that I'm, I'm grinding that meat. Okay. But... <laughs> that's a little, a little much. You're allowed to disagree, but you're wrong. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you, you could say that I'm biased. You could say that I'm just like... I'm, I'll hop on the hype train or whatever. I I disagree with you. I really do. I, I it's, not, it's not even biased anymore. Just really looking at the facts, looking at like interviews, looking at everything that Doom has left behind, his legacy is so important. And this album encapsulates that perfectly. He was the villain, and he changed the world. His master plan came to fruition. He destroyed rap. Yeah. This this album and Doomsday and even Food to an extent, they destroyed rap. They changed the game literally. Yeah. I'm I'm you know rest in peace. May his soul find peace. In whatever always, afterlife he's in, he'll always be the supervillain. He will always be the supervillain in my heart. Everyone's hearts. And with that being said, everybody, I feel like we can uh, close up shop. We hope you enjoyed today because today was a very nice episode, you know, very concise, if you will. Andres definitely stole the show. Okay. Join us next week as we dive into what TikTok music can do for an artist's career as we discuss Steve Lacey's smash album, Gemini Rights. Yeah, I wish I knew you wanted me. Um, we love you guys. Hope you enjoyed. See you next week. And yeah. Before we go. What? <laughs> You can find us on Instagram oh, yeah, at right. the Record Shop Pod, that's on Spotify right. on the Record Shop Podcast, on TikTok as the Record Shop Pod, and that's all. That's all of it. The Twitter Record Shop Pod. Also, Don't uh, even go on also, also, also True, really, dude. honestly, like, oh my God. Kind, kind of facts. Okay. If you want to find me, Record Shop Pod on Twitter, and me personally, you can find me on Instagram at William.Blast, and back to Twitter at WilliamBlast. What about you? Andres. Say like, but saying like everyone that doesn't know Spanish, you can't pronounce my name. Andres Pollard. Um, you can yeah, if you can find Not me. Not your name, the way he said. It. Oh, true. Damn right. Um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram, Andre underscore P zero nineteen. And that's kind of it. That may, that's kind of the only account. <laughs> yes. That's all I got. This guy off the Show real. No, I'm not. Okay. Bye, Bye everybody. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Bye everyone. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.